welcome once again to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Happy Saturday, everybody. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Happy first day of April. Be careful out there. April Fool's Day. Don't let anybody fool you, but sports has done that to us before. Here I thought earlier this week the Minnesota Timberwolves were good, and then I watched the second half last night. Good morning, Dave Cook. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm healthier right. than the Wolves are. How about yeah, that? So far, so good. I don't know if I'd throw that out to the universe. The uh, Wolves aren't very healthy, not just injuries, but uh, the sickness is running around in there. Right. Unfortunately, the sickness is more prevalent than the injury. We don't have, we don't have besides non-read, too many people that we know are out for a while. But with sickness, you just don't know. But you and I were talking about this on the way here today. you got to get down with the sickness, Brian. Right. I, I got what you're doing musically there. <laughs> you didn't fool me ah. with that one on April Fool's Day. But... It was one of those games where we wondered, did they all get sick in the locker room? Because the first half looked pretty good. The second half, they didn't look like they belonged on the same planet as the L.A. Lakers. About Mike Conley about a quarter of the way in the second half going, oh my gosh, nobody's doing anything. I better start scoring or else we're going to lose. Well, and he carried the first quarter and then realized, okay, I did my part. We should be in pretty good shape. Okay, we don't have anybody yep. succeeding tonight besides me. <laughs> Nobody else showed. So, right. Yeah. So the thing is, if you're a Timberwolves fan, we've got to take out of this. At about three-quarters strength... We played the Lakers fairly straight up, so you got to wow. feel you got to feel pretty good about you know once we're at full strength, and uh, you know Ant is you know healthy and Cat's healthy, and the only thing I didn't like was when Gobert came out afterwards once Anthony Davis fell and Gobert had the ball right underneath the the basket and all he had to do was dunk it right, but he passed out instead and that's what he said he goes oh it felt like too aggressive I dunked it so I passed out of the that sounds like the Timberwolves in general well instead it looked like the Minnesota Timberwolves as a team passed out if you know what I mean because there was nothing more Minnesota than that sequence you just described yep Anthony Davis goes down the Timberwolves have basically a five on four for multiple possessions not only do they not score they turn it over into fast break points for the Lakers twice. And then the injured player, Anthony Davis, stays in the game and dominates the entire game. That is a Minnesota sports microcosm, if I've ever heard of one. And it wasn't even April Fool's Day yet at that point. Certainly the Wolves. That just sounds... If you said that to a Minnesota fan and they said, okay, so now which team? Everybody would say, oh, that sounds like Timberwolves. And that's kind of the fun and heavy on the air quotes there when it comes to Minnesota sports. Because everybody says, can you believe that? Did you see that? Which I hate in radio because it's not a visual medium, but... You know, something is called unbelievable, and I always say, well, I like that song, but I'm a Minnesota sports fan. Nothing is unbelievable anymore because we've lived most of it. And again, last night, just kind of one of those moments where the Timberwolves reminded you that they're the Timberwolves. Yep, yep. The Minnesota sports fan, the official fan of the stanchion. Right. (laughs) When the the Wild have the red or the Blackhawks where you want them, you dump the puck, hits a, a normally innate object, kicks it back out to the red or to the Blackhawks, ready to score, buries it. Series, yeah, absolutely no fooling there. You could be the fan of the stanchion, you could be the fan of the blown five on four for the wolves, you could be the fan of the missed field goal, you could be the fan of the playoff losing streak. That is Minnesota sports. We are not fooling you there, but it is April Fool's Day. Do you have any April Fool's memories? Have you ever gotten anybody or been gotten before? No, no, no. I don't remember what day it is. You know, I don't get fooled a whole lot. I mean, I get fooled a lot, but not like that. I don't know. You ever looked at pronunciations? They tend to baffle you a little. But not like, you know, wow, we got him that time. I've never really been gotten before. You know, again, why am I throwing that to the universe? Right. I was going to (laughs) say, say a little prayer after this and see if karma comes to get you. I don't think I've been listening. I'm in trouble. I don't think I've been gotten too many times either. I do remember as a kid, and this is kind of silly, but bear in mind, I was probably five or six. One of my favorite things to do was have slumber parties. And I don't mean like, you know, having friends over. I mean, like 
my sister and I would just get to sleep in the living room, pig out, and watch movies. I thought that was cool. Well, it never happened on school nights, right? Nope. So April 1st was probably a school night, and my sister came in to let me know that, hey, that's what we're going to be able to do tonight. And, man, I was so excited. I went and grabbed the sleeping bag. I went and got popcorn ready, and then it was April Fool's, and uh, Brian Brian. was less than thrilled. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And after that, I've gotten my sister Jill more than a handful of times. I can't repeat how because a, a lot of them were saying not so nice things about maybe other family members to get her to by hook, line, and sinker, but I've gotten her back a few times. Yeah, no, I don't doubt that for a second. You have a memory. I do. I would think that that, yeah, that probably doesn't get let go a whole lot. That first time you got gotten, you just keep got gottening back. I was going to say, I'm not necessarily a vengeful person, but you get me once, I'm going to get you back at least once is what I can tell you. And yeah, the, the memory does come in handy. Speaking of memorable we have very memorable sponsors. Let's give them a shout out here early on your Saturday. Absolutely. Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, and the Blackwoods Group, Brian, the Blackwoods Group has something going on that we're finally restarting. Absolutely. Blackwater Lounge, I could not be happier. Cone Flaherty reached out to me this week and said, hey, can you promote this on the show? Not only can I promote this, but I plan on participating more than a couple of times. Wednesday happy hour is back. It's called Midweek Martinis. Half-priced fondue for 2 and $2 off all martinis. That's from open to close at Blackwater every Wednesday. Tell you what, we call it hump day. We call it the Midweek Blues. That's a good way to get rid of them. And then Tavern today has a watch party for the game. I imagine Dave Hoops will have one too. Yep. UMD in Dallas. We're going to be all about that. We're going to hear from Alicia Tipke, who's down there in about 15, 20 minutes. I really think it's cool, Brian, that they're having the Division One, the Division Two yeah. um, championships at the same site at the same time. I mean, that's a celebration of women's basketball down in Dallas right now. Absolutely it is. And speaking, tying it all back into the Timberwolves that we opened with, I did tweet this out last night. The one positive, and this is verbatim to what I tweeted, the one positive to the Timberwolves soiling their shorts in the second half last night was the fact that it timed out perfectly to switch over and check out Iowa versus South Carolina, which is basically, with all due respect to the other Hawkeyes, Caitlin Clark versus South Carolina. And I thought I'd at least casually watch it and keep an eye on the score. I told you in the car on the way here today, I said, I didn't care who won, and we'll have a segment all about this later. I didn't care. But I was riveted and could not turn that game off. I hope that speaks volumes for already a great sport to me, women's basketball. I, I sure hope it does. I mean, I think that the eyes that it's drawing are important. I think the eyes that women's basketball is drawn from our area, you know, is already pretty good with, uh, you know, some of the local stars going to play D1. Um, but I hope as a, as a nation we took time to pay attention to somebody who, let's be honest, if, if this was – you know, men's basketball and Iowa was doing this on the back right. of one person. That would be front page of everything. Well, Caitlin Clark should be the front say, page of Caitlin everything. I was going to say, Caitlin Clark, if you haven't watched her play, she's basically the Steph Curry of NCAA Division One women's basketball. And that's underselling a little bit. Right. You get across half court, that shot might go up. And now, granted, some of those are difficult and some of those may miss badly. But some of them even contested are money. And it's just entertaining as all get out. It, it is. She's, I mean... It's the part that you really like when you see a shooter in the NBA is somebody who can, you know, make it with a hand and a face. Right. And when they let it go, they, they just start running back to defense because they know that's in. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she did that a half a she dozen times. She does a lot of that. Yeah, it yeah. is it is fun. And she, yeah, she does talk, and that's fun as well. She chirps a little bit. So if you are somebody who still has archaic thinking about women's basketball versus maybe the men's game, 
you're doing yourself a disservice. I highly recommend what should be a good championship tomorrow in Dallas at the Division One level. It's going to be LSU, who, if you like characters of the game, look no further than their head coach. Like her or not, she's a little bit polarizing, but she's entertaining as well. And it's going to be LSU versus Iowa. I'm going to be tuned into that one, but but my allegiance and my attention today, Division Two. Absolutely right. Let's see UMD make make history today. I, I just am so excited for uh, Olson and that whole crew there, right? To make a you know make a name. And how much of a pivotal difference did it make for you? Because you and I got to broadcast only one day. Yep. We did a men's doubleheader with the women against St. Cloud State, but. You and I, it doesn't take much to draw us into a game, especially if we're asked to cover it. You call it professional arrogance, but it is what we do. We got engrossed and suddenly immersed, and I want to watch what this team does, and we're very excited. I was going to be excited anyway because I have some history with Bulldog basketball, and it's Duluth. I get behind it, but we witnessed this. It's fun. Was it Tice, the name of that girl? Yes. Okay, so... Look at you. So, yeah, right. I can't remember yesterday, but by God, I remember the girl from St. Cloud State. Uh, this this young lady, Tice, was just tearing up the Bulldogs for a while. Like, she was, you know, assist, score, rebound, the whole works. And then Brooke Olson decided, well, this this was cute, and now this is over. And it was at that point I started, you know, following them much closer because right. when you have a player that can just, in a team sport, when you have a player that just says, oh, right, this is done, it's always fun to watch those. And she was able to do that the rest of the year. Right. And sometimes the supporting cast can be sneaky good. Mason Thiessen can do that. Ella Gilbertson can 100%. do that. It's quite a crew that Mandy Pearson has. We've said that for weeks now because the run continues. Yep. One more to go. One more to go. Big one, um, but only one. So let's let's bring it home. Right. So no fooling. In about 18 minutes, we're going to give Alicia Tipke from WDIO, our TV partners, a call. She's down in Dallas. Get a feel for the atmosphere of the city this week how the UMD team is feeling, because that's the other cool part. And I don't want to take too much of Alicia's thunder away, but I feel like following this team, no moment is too big because they were just about sunk that Monday night that we were on the air at Romano and made that giant comeback. Then you wondered how the St. Joseph's game would treat them. They got through that. Now you've got an undefeated team in Ashland, Ohio, facing them today. But we just saw an undefeated number one seed go down yesterday with South Carolina. Why not have history repeat itself? Why not, Brian? This team, I'm not going to call it the horseshoe. Um, no, because I don't think there's a lot of luck involved. It's just that, good. That's where I was yeah. going to go. They've yeah. used it once, and that was the big comeback. Right. Right. And so since then, they've been winning on strength. Like, is this in a lucky basketball team? This is a really, really solid top to bottom you know, eight players deep, aggressive basketball team, and, and they haven't won on luck. Maybe they get the horseshoe today. We'll see because it's going to be interesting. Nobody's fooling UMD anymore, and UMD's not fooling anybody. But again, that team from Ashland, Ohio, has not been fooled yet. That is an undefeated team that they will face today. 2.30, the tip-off if you're looking for the television broadcast. It's on CBS Sports Network. Again, I can advise that you go to Tavern, go to Hoops. There's lots of places. The community's going to be all about it today. Yeah, and that's what this should be about is a community celebration. And we're better to do it than, than our sponsors. You know, head on over to Blackwood's whether it be Tavern, whether it be the bar at Blackwoods East, you know, uh, or head over to Dave's place where it's, you know, wall-to-wall TVs, great beer. I'm going to challenge myself and see if I can get to multiples before the day is over (laughs) because I believe my wife is headed to the home show, which is a big deal in town too. Yeah, we're thinking about doing that. And I don't think I'll be there at least today. Maybe I'll get there this year yet because it continues to tomorrow as well. But I think it's going to be one of those days where the forefront of my mind is going to be Bulldog women's basketball See how many sponsors I hit along the way. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. I mean, this is a. I know there's people listening to us that are like, "Okay, guys, get on to it." And we are but going this to. This is a huge deal, not only for the community, but women's basketball in the state of Minnesota is so good already 
that another national championship, another national champion at a lower level shows depth too. Not just that there's not we can't you know produce 15 stars, but we have 30, 40 girls who can play, you know, not just D1 but be stars in D2 and stars in D3. Absolutely. So March Madness continues into April. The D2 championship game on the women's side is today. Tomorrow will be the D1 women's basketball championship. And then, of course, the final four on the Division One men's side starts today and then wraps up with Big Monday. Does it lessen March Madness for you real quick at all that that's the name? And I know I tried to coin March Gladness because I like it so much. But the other reason, maybe they need to abandon March because all of it ends in April. Yeah, no, that doesn't bother me all because the madness is in March. Yeah. The uh, championship games are in April. And tell me this, though. Does all the upsets, when so the teams that are in the Final Four now, nobody really knows anything no. about them. And no. so does that take some of this away? I think it does. Like, it's cool. Like, it's fun to watch. But I don't think the intensity is there because, eh, you know, well, Florida you International who, University. Florida Atlantic, yeah. I'll yeah. tell you who won't think that is Dave Hoops because – He's got UConn in over a dozen brackets as he shared. That's the team that everybody knows. That's the, that's the quote favorite, at least on paper, probably in all of this. But if you've got a bracket that's still alive, I guarantee you that it doesn't take anything away from it. Yeah. Otherwise, maybe it does. But at the same time, I mean, the upsets are what makes it fun. I don't know what won't be considered an upset at this point because you've got relatively inexperienced Final Four teams and UConn basically is what you've got. Yep. The upsets, of course, you look at my bracket. Clearly, I was fooled because it doesn't look good anymore. My run at any kind of bracket championship is over, but it is April Fool's Day. So we want to talk about being made a fool, being fooled, however you want to phrase it, because Minnesota sports for a while did that to us. And now I think we've become so, of course, this happened that maybe it doesn't happen anymore. We want to talk about a couple different avenues of Minnesota sports, if you will, with the big four. Talk about when were we fooled into thinking something that would be better than it was, didn't pan out. Or when were we fooled going, well, what kind of move is that? But it worked. And in the moment, because for the millionth time in five plus years of this show, I don't want to talk about David Ortiz. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Brent Burns. I just don't. But in the moment, do you remember going, this is going to be the game changer or this is going to ruin this franchise? 100%. And then it flipped on you a little bit. I I want to go one place else. So first, I want to go back, back a second. Okay. You know, when we talk cheap pole ads, cheap pole ads, and how they don't spend enough money to bring players in, here's a question. At where on the NBA scale level is the University of Miami? Because that Nash, the name, image, and likeness thing, like they have sponsors that are throwing millions and millions and millions of dollars at these kids in right. Miami because right. they're a private school, they can do that. So Miami doesn't do much for me either in this one. Like I might pull UConn over Miami just because of that. All right, sorry. All right, um, so we're going to go with basically what was foolproof to us in the moment and what was foolish in the moment, correct? So, oh, something that fooled us, absolutely. Okay. And, and the, you know, the one thing that fooled me multiple times, right, because I was so in on this player. I got a feeling we're starting in the NFL. We are he was starting, prepping me for this about an hour before the show the today. We are starting in the NFL because I was as big a Herschel Walker fan as you've ever met, and not just the Minnesota Viking guy. Like, I love college football. I loved him in Georgia. The fact that he went to the USFL – like, he was the face of the Uf- USFL, and then Trump paid him so much money that it broke the USFL. Right. And then he came to as Dallas. As far as we know, he didn't get indicted for that part, though. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm not sure he didn't go to court for it, though. <laughs> um, uh, then he went to Dallas, and it was like, oh, I don't like Dallas. Man, I like Herschel. What do you mean? Herschel's coming to Minnesota? Oh, this is going to be fantastic. And he goes to Philly, and it's like, oh, he went to Philly. And he went to the Giants, and he went to bobsledding. You know, I thought Herschel was going to be great everywhere. 
And Herschel really was only great for Georgia. Right. <laughs> he wasn't really great anywhere else across the way. And yet every single time he stopped someplace, I was like, all right, here we go. The only thing missing is if he would have had one great game performance in the clutch, because otherwise I look at Herschel Walker and I look at him on a parallel with, say, a Desmond Howard, mm -hmm. because the collegiate part of his career was absolutely the highlight. Now, were there some NFL highlights? Of course, because why was he so sought after by Minnesota? But Desmond Howard, you look at it and go, well, he actually carried Brett Favre to his only Super Bowl, so he's got that. I can see where Herschel Walker fooled you. You have more on this subject before I go on to my my no, foolish moment you, for the you go ahead because I've got another one that you'll remember. Okay. Well, I remember Herschel, obviously. No, no, no. You'll and if you're remember, testing my memory, let's go. You'll Challenge accepted. This conversation because you laughed at me then. Okay. So mine for the Vikings that that fooled me is a little bit strange because I thought that 41 Donut was actually going to be the best situation the Vikings could ever want. Because if you look at that season, Culpepper was coming into his own. Carter and Moss were legit. Robert Smith was legit. This was going to make up for everything that the 98-99 heartbreak provided. Yeah, we were due. And I was worried about the Saints. Aaron Brooks, Joe Horn, etc. And we beat the Saints at home. Randy Moss carried them that day. And yes, they were going on the road in an NFC title game. But they were playing against Kerry Collins. Mm -hmm. And I thought, they're going to win this. And I'm not going to know what to do with myself because in my lifetime, they've never reached the Super Bowl. Well, that was back in 2000, 2001. Yeah. It's now 2023. They've still never reached the Super Bowl. I thought Vikings over Giants was a gimme, and I was only off by 41 points. I remember being in the car and being super excited, and we're going to Little Falls. We're coming back or one of those Highway 210 trips. And uh, by Aiken, one way or the other, it was off. It was just, Dana's like, no, no, you can listen to it. You know, you don't understand. I'm going to throw the radio out the window. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I'm going to give you the one that I thought would never work, and it did because I can be brief on this because we've only got 10 minutes. I legitimately thought trying to reincarnate Brett Favre in purple was never going to work. Obviously, it did. It, it did. So here's the one that you'll remember. Do you remember Tim Tebow coming back against Pittsburgh and throwing mm -hmm. them? And I said, Tim Tebow's finally figured it out, Brian. We have an NFL quarterback. I laughed at you quite hard, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Now, that me, would be the definition let of Let me preface cool. that, though, by saying that Tim Tebow's next game was against New England and Brady, and I went, wait until he's done next week. Yeah, yep, yep. And he was, Brian. Yeah. He was. <laughs> a lot of people have been humbled by Tom Brady before, but yeah, that was that was a laughable one for yep. me. I I just didn't see the mechanics working very much. Yeah, nope. Here he comes, here he comes, here he comes, yeah, for that day. All right, what sport do you want to go to next? We had fun with the Vikings. It seems like we always lead off with them no matter what the topic is. Where are we going next? Yeah, let's go Let's go to baseball. The Twins. All right, what, what fooled you and either turned out sour that you thought was going to be great or what fooled you that you thought this will never work and it did? I, I thought it was Jim Tomei. When he came, I thought he was over. Like, I thought he was done. Okay. This is cool. We got the guy we should have got 12 years ago, but we didn't get him 12 years ago. We got him now. And sure enough, I mean, we talk about Big Shot Bob. Uh, in the NBA, you know, Jim was kind of that guy for us, and I never, ever thought that would happen. All right, so mine's a little bit debatable because he did have limited success because they did make the postseason with him. But I remember weeks after he was dismissed saying, no, he's safe, everybody's been hurt, he knows what he's doing, this team will go the right direction. I know a lot of former great players in any sport don't make great coaches because the game comes easy to them and they can't teach it. I thought Paul Molitor was the answer as a manager. Yeah. And it just didn't work out well enough. Now, I thought, here's the ultimate hustle type guy. Here's the ultimate first to third type guy. Here's a big fundamental presence. And the big fundamental presence will make this team good at all the little things. And 
a team with this payroll, whether whoever chooses it or not, cheap poll has, we got to bring it up at least once. Yep. If their margin for error is small, he'll take care of it and they'll be good. They were once. Yeah, yeah, Mal, and that was with Guardy's guys. You know, it's it's tough when the new coach wins with the old guys, you know, because th- he's usually the breath of fresh air they right. needed. Um, Can I give you one that worked out positively? Yeah, please. So when Joe Nathan wasn't available and the Twins had to go, oh, my gosh, we need a closer, what are we going to do? And I'm not talking about the Matt Caps deal. That's not it. John Roush. You remember John Roush? I do. Big neck tattoo guy? Yep, 6'11 guy. Right. Yep. I thought, well, he looks intimidating, but this is going to go – Jim Hoey 2.0, if you know what I mean. John Roush wasn't very good other places. He was pretty darn good in a Twins uniform. Uh, yeah, he actually, and he, and he played that off for another right. five or six years right. that he had. So going a little older school. Okay. All right, so the Twins had a manager named Billy Gardner. And sure Billy did. Gardner was an old school tobacco spitting guy, right, who just let him play. And we couldn't pitch to save our lives. So the Polads brought in Ray Miller, who was the pitching coach, the vaunted pitching coach of the Baltimore Orioles. And yep. it was like, this is the guy. We need that guy so our pitchers can pitch like Baltimore. Did he make it a full season? No. No. <laughs> not, but he was replaced by Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly. At age 36. Yep. So, yeah, Roy, um, Ray Miller was one of those guys who was like, all right, that's the guy we need when we needed him. And I got fooled. Right. It's happened before. All right. NBA or NHL next. And NHL, I got to give you a caveat. Are you going back to the North Stars or are you sticking I, with the Wild? No, I think you can go back to the North Stars. All right, so we brought that up. Should we go there first? We can. All we right. can go there first. We have a seven-minute warning until we go to Alicia Tipke. All right, I think this one is short. Now and, it's down to six. I think it's short and easy, and for me anyway, and and his name is Vanek. Like, I thought we were going to get the rebound. Thomas Vanek, come home, big guy, scores. The Wild needs scoring, and... Uh, yeah, Thomas Vanek was my guy until about three games in. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go a direction that I promised I wouldn't, but it's the opposite end of something we over-talk about. It is the Brent Burns trade, but I'm not going, oh, I'm so upset they got rid of him, that was so foolish. Been there, done that on this show too many times. I sipped the Kool-Aid. I knew that Devin Setaguchi had had some success before, and and all this, you know, I'm I'm big on proven players in any sport. I give my soliloquy on why the NFL draft does very little for me. I wish that more proven players were swapped during that draft. Now you got my attention. Yep. I'm big on guys that have done it at the professional level, whatever it is. Well, Devin Setaguchi had been fine. Dave Oops might be able to elaborate on it because he was with San Jose when he was fine. And I thought, well, the more scores that they can put together on this team, like they tried to do with Marty Havlat, you know, that kind of thing. I thought, well, they've got all these guys that have put up numbers before. Yeah, past their prime in a big way. Or I, never really had a prime. So I think if the North Stars never leave, the point that we're talking about right now is the drafting of Brian Lawton. Probably. One overall, and he lasted a hot minute and was gone. Like, he was the first overall pick, and now he's known as an agent. Like, right. he did nothing. Right. People hear Brian Lawton and go, what relation to Matt is he? Uh, none. Exactly. But I think if the North Stars had never left, he would be their biggest gaffe. In a way, because you brought that up, did you get fooled into liking professional hockey again? Because you've mentioned you drifted away when the North Stars yep. did. And obviously having a radio it's show for wild. one, but the Minnesota Wild being our local franchise for two. Have you been fooled into caring about it again? Sort of. I mean, here's the thing. Um, I will say no because as soon of as... Of the, the four pro teams, are they still fourth for you and how much you follow them? No. 
no, I don't, I don't think that anymore. Um, but I, I follow them all fairly equally. That's okay. the thing. But here's where the wild got me, and that's when the wild came. The Gophers win a national championship, bing, bing, and then they fall off a cliff. Sure. And so if you Timing wanted... Timing was everything there. Yeah, if you wanted to watch hockey that was watchable for a while there, you had to watch the Wild because the Gophers weren't watchable for a while. Right. And then there was all I kinds those of days. internal turmoil and all that stuff. So the Wild became the same safe place to watch. Right. Anything that you thought wasn't going to work that did? That wasn't going to work that did with, with the Wild? Yeah. Because I actually thought... Kirill Kaprizov's never going to get over here because I thought it was going to be, you know, how many years before Byron Buxton put on a Twins uniform did we hear about Byron Buxton? You just kind of eye-rolled like, yeah, wake me up when he's actually here. It was kind of similar with Kirill, and I thought, that's great that he's lighting up Russia and, you know, something's going to go wrong. And then this year it almost did because of political unrest over there, however you want to phrase that. But I just thought Kirill Kaprizov, for as much as we heard, is, is never going to do anything for Minnesota. And uh, wow, was that wrong on that one? Well, how about last year when we made a trade for an all-timer in the Nets and we thought, you know what, we have a team that is fantastic. We can score. We score late. We have Now we just need the horse in the, in the Nets. And that proved to be uh, fooled, right? And so, yeah. It's- and where are we this year with that? Because Gustafson's been unreal and Fleury hasn't been bad at all. Again, I said this last week. I'll say it again. They're in a good but difficult spot because the playoffs are coming. You can only choose one, and they've got two that are playing relatively well. I don't want to be Dean Evison in that regard. Right, and and don't tell Dana this, but one of the people that fooled me the the most was Nino because Niederreiter always looked like the guy that should lead the league in scoring and always was soft or, or when we needed him to be hard and, and all that stuff. Well, that's why when you asked me, I think it was a week or two ago, I forget because our opening topics meshed together for me, but you asked if Cal Clutterbuck is still somebody regretfully gone from this team. And I said no because I liked what Nino brought, and that was the other end of that deal. Nino but at, but at the time, you didn't know. Yep. Two guys that should have, that didn't, were Nino and Coyle. All right, so two minutes to do yes. this with the Wolves. We open with the Wolves. There's, there's so many things to be had by yes. with the Timberwolves. I think it's a couple things that I talked myself into. I don't think in my heart I ever truly believed this, but I remember trying to justify it. I remember being really sad that Sam Cassell got dealt. But I heard great things about Marco Yarich. Yeah. So I thought, oh, they'll be okay. This this guy can play. Um, yeah, about that. Whoops-a-daisy. And then I was very upset. I talked about this. When Wally Zerbiak got dealt. Okay, if you want to ruin my Timberwolf fandom for several weeks at that time, that's what you do. But immediately, I knew about Ricky Davis. I knew how offensively capable he was. But they'll be all right because that guy can slash. He can score. He probably can put up more points per game than Wally. Probably. But there's plus minus in basketball, and he was Ricky Avis for a reason. There's no D there at all. The Timberwolves have gotten me a hundred times because one thing about basketball when they 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 do so such a good deal or such a good job of selling players, right? And so in college, I watch a lot of college basketball. So there's a litany of guys that get Stacy King, like he's gonna come, he's gonna he never did. Oliver Miller, man, he's coming. He I saw this guy hot plate. <laughs> I mean the whole there's these litany of guys. Did you just call Hot Rod Williams Hot Plate Williams? The, the, well, there's the guy that played <laughs> that's with Shaq. That's the greatest thing right? ever. That's Stanley um, Roberts, isn't it? Stanley Roberts. That's who He it might was. be Hot Plate. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, but, uh, you know, you see these guys and in college, and when they're, you know, they were great in college, they struggle. Who's the guy they got in the in the love deal? The Bennett kid. Anthony Bennett. Yeah, in college, he yeah. was really good. Yep. And so and he you might think, be with Kwame Brown, the worst number one overall ever. You, you think, okay, he's going to come here. We're going to nurture him. This is going to be great. It's happened over and over and over with the Timberwolves for me because that's a, I'm a sucker for kids, right? So, I agree with you. Segwaying off that for the draft, though, 
The two things that I thought this won't work because historically it just doesn't. The two number ones they got right. There was a time where I wasn't sure that Towns over Okafor was the right call. Mm -hmm. Clearly it was. And then I didn't know enough about the top guys in the Anthony Edwards draft. But I knew here it is. We've got the one in a year that everybody said, you don't want the one here because they're so tight. They're so close together. Well, they nailed that one too. They did nail that one. And, you know, fans of ball will still say, you know, you don't know that for sure. Ball's been hurt. But the one that people were talking about for the Timberwolves, because of course it would make sense for the Timberwolves, was Whiteside. Or uh, the, not Whiteside, he's the other guy. Uh, the guy, the seven footer that Wiseman. That, oh, that James the, Wiseman, uh, yeah. That the uh, Golden State drafted. Speaking yeah, of, that sounds like a Timberwolves guy. Real quick, speaking of seven footers for the Wolves, how about rest in peace Felton Spencer not too long ago? That that shocked me a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, and my understanding is as a human being, Felton Spencer was a pretty good guy. You know, as a as a NBA center, he was a really good right tackle. Absolutely. So speaking of one more thing that fooled me a little, because, again, I was big on accomplished players and accomplished coaches, too, because I thought Rick Adelman was going to be the savior. And I still think if he his roster wouldn't yeah. have been an infirmary, it might have been. But I do also remember thinking the Timberwolves are going to be able to reinvest in Brandon Roy and watch him take off. What, did he play five games before yeah, he got hurt again? That. How about bringing in a professional coach to settle down this goofy organization and then Tibbs flames out in 45 minutes too? Right. So maybe there is no fooling us anymore when it comes to the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah. There's just no pleasing us either. Uh, but I'll tell you what we're very pleased about. We are pleased about the Umni Bulldogs being in Dallas for the national title game today. On the women's basketball side, we'll talk to one of our favorite women, Alicia Tipke of WDIO. She's next. Stick around. We'll be right back. A little fooling by Def Leppard. There's no fooling you. We're back. Dave looks disgusted. Brian well, Perone, Dave Cook. sync this part right here? Oh, we got a show to do. That's true. I know you like the music, Mr. DJ. The guy does one wedding and he just can't stop. <laughs> the DJ in him, Dave This Cook. song would not be good at a wedding. No, I wouldn't think fooling anybody at a right, wedding right. is a good idea. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, no fooling. We are the Northland Sports Page. Back with Alicia Tipke in a moment from Dallas. But we're not able to talk to anybody without our sponsors, Dave Cook. Tip the cap to them. Absolutely. Let's start with Mount Royal Bottle Shop. If we're tipping caps, that's a great place to go get things that uh, have caps on them that need to be tipped. I was going to say, I'm tipping bottles from them. Absolutely. Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Arola Architecture Studio. Speaking of Famous Dave's, Dave Hoop at Hoops Brewing, uh, OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina and Associates, Avenue 45 and the Blackwoods Group. Brian, we want to talk a little bit about Happy Hour. We absolutely can do that. Wednesday, Happy Hour makes its return at Blackwater. That is two for one, fondue for two. It's delicious. I had one last Saturday. And $2 off all martinis. That's from open to close on Wednesdays. So a great way to beat the midweek blues or happy hump day as they call it. Happy Hour is back open to close. Again, half-priced fondue for two. I basically call that two for one. Same idea. 100%. And that is always a good thing. Blackwater is one of my favorite places. One of my favorite places today will be Tavern. They have a watch party, Tavern on the Hill, for the UMD Ashland Division II Women's Championship game in Dallas. In Dallas, our television partner from WDIO, Alicia Tipke, we knew her when. Yeah, right. We knew her when she was a kid just getting her first breaks, and now look at her. Yes, so much more than just a kid now. One of our favorites. Good morning, Alicia Tipke. How are you on this championship Saturday for the Bulldogs? Good morning. I'm doing well. It's like 65 degrees here, which I hear is not anywhere close to what you guys are working with. No, it's not. We'll get to 65 if we add up the last couple days, I think. It's probably 80 in the studio, though. It, it is very warm it's in the hot. studio today, so we're heating things up without question. So I saw you at Romano Gym back on Tuesday at the Border Battle. Thank you for wishing me a happy birthday, by the way. I appreciate that. But 
that begs the question, how long have you been on the proverbial other end of I-35? When did you get to Dallas? I got here at 9 p.m. last night, so I have not been here very long. <laughs> wow, yeah, so soak it all in as best you can. Now, you got there at 9 o'clock last night, but I did see you tweeting about a women's basketball game that was won for the ages last night. How about the Hawkeyes versus South Carolina, the Caitlin Clark show? Everything lived up to the hype. That was one of the best games. Forget women's basketball. That was one of the best games in sports I've watched. Yeah, absolutely. What a way to kick off the championship weekend here. Um, That game was fantastic. And plus, it means that my former boss, Chelsea Brown, gets to stay in Dallas. She now works for with the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, there. So kind of a little reunion here. A lot of us get to get together. A lot of media people see each other who, you know, have parted ways now. So as much as it is fun for the teams, it's a little fun for us too. Absolutely. And that answers one of my questions because I thought, where's your allegiance? Because I know what a great trio of sports goodness you guys made. And I'm speaking of yourself, Mm -hmm. Chelsea, and also Claudia Shikamian back in her Fox days. Claudia is the biggest South Carolina fan you're going to find. Obviously, she wasn't there. But I was going to ask you, you know, where was your allegiance? Kind of being the the neutral, the the Switzerland third party in that going, no, no, my big game is tomorrow. Obviously, you're a Saints Glasgow Saint, but you've got Duluth allegiance in your blood. But I guess when you throw former boss in there, you were probably cheering for Chelsea's crew. Well, I told them I'm cheering. Of course, we're all cheering for the Bulldogs, but I was cheering for friendship, which means I needed the Hawkeyes to order for Chelsea to stay in town so I could see her. There you go. WDIO's Alicia Dipke could major in diplomacy if she wanted to. That was a tremendous answer. Now, you mentioned what a way to kick off the championship weekend. I know you've only been there since 9 o'clock last night, so a lot of it was probably spent sleeping, and you've been there for a total of 13 hours. But from what you've seen to this point, What's the atmosphere in Dallas been like? Because you do have Division One there. You do have Division Two there. It's kind of basketball mecca this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Even in the airport, there were people sporting Bulldogs gear on Friday. You know, everyone coming from all over to watch these games. And these, you know, hotels are full of fans. And it's just absolutely exciting to be here. A lot of people just kind of are assuming that you're here for the basketball games. And it's going to be a blast to be here. Um, I guess there's going to be, you know, like a block party uh, concert style thing this evening. Um, UMD women's basketball has a red carpet arrival at 1245. So we'll be there for that. And it's just been great to see how much support they've been getting all the way out in Texas. Well, take us through the run that led to Texas, because obviously there was the game in St. Joseph that was fun to watch. That was the first nationally televised, the semifinal. CBS Sports Network had that one just as they have today's game. But I feel like the big one, and, and Dave and I mentioned it in the opening segment, I feel like the big one that people are still talking about is UMD was hosting their region at Romano Gym, and that Monday night, which I believe was March the 13th, it looked for all intents and purposes that this season was going to come to an end abruptly because they were down for the count, but not down entirely. What a comeback that was. Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. We had a crew down there for that game, stayed for the entire game, and they trailed for practically the entire game, coming back to get the lead in the final, I believe it was 15 seconds, and they were able to hold off a block and eventually beat um, Missouri Southern just by one point, you know, 77 to 76, and that kind of fueled this continual 
spark and they handled assumption in the elite eight and, you know, still somewhat easily took care of Catawba, a little bit tougher game in the final four there, but they've been on this role and just hearing some of these announcers talk about them. I mean, even that final four game against Catawba, the announcers were saying this team could win it all. You know, it doesn't matter that Ashland is undefeated their opponent today, but the way that UMD has been staying gritty, it's their depth when sometimes Brooke Olson, their leading scorer, gets into foul trouble. Everyone else is able to get on the score sheet, and it's been fantastic, their camaraderie. And they keep saying it's because we believe that we're going to win. Even when we're down, we never one time think that we're going to lose. And I think that mentality has helped them get to this point. No question about that. I think confidence goes a long way. Dave, I got to say, I agree with Alicia with things announcers have said. And I don't know if it's because I'm a Duluth native, but I immediately go, wow, they like us. They really, really <laughs> like us. But I know you've got a question for for Miss Dallas today, Alicia I, Tipke. I, I do. Here's the thing, uh, Alicia. The thing I always tell Brian, and I talk about this on the show a lot, is that teams that have a player always have a punching chance, right? There's always a chance that that superstar is going to take a swing and win. You know, UMD has that in Brooke Olson. But it's the rest of the team that's causing them to win. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen with the rest of the team as well. Uh, help our listeners see more than just Brooke what they're getting today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, we have to talk about the other graduate uh, guard, Mason Thiessen. She's been huge in you know getting passing plays set up and helping hold off other teams from getting to the bucket. She's been a fantastic asset to the Bulldogs. You know, kind of native to the area, Taya Hackamacki has really been coming up. She is from Cromwell Wright, and she said earlier this week that this is kind of, in a sense, a redemption tour. She was on the Cromwell Wright girls basketball team when they made it to state in 2020. That state tournament was, of course, cut short by COVID. So she said this is kind of making up for that, in a sense. They all have so much that they want to play for. And, you know, Ella Olson hitting these big game-winning Buckets is it's just massive to see all these teams come together. And um, head coach Mandy Pearson always says, you know, one through sixteen doesn't matter where they are. Uh, they're all fighting every day in practice to you know have the best day that they can, and and that's huge. Absolutely, it is. Speaking of huge, this is huge for UMD in general. We've done a lot, obviously, as a hockey school. The University of Minnesota Duluth has on the women's side, on the men's side. But Alicia, one of the million reasons I enjoy talking to you is you're like Dave and I, where you like sports. You don't just love hockey. You don't just love basketball. You love sports. How cool has this been as a broadcaster, as a media member, to experience another big event with another different sport on a big national stage? It's fantastic. It's so exciting. I've gotten to travel for uh, two Frozen Fours, one for the men and one for the women. But I was absolutely ecstatic to be able to come here for this um, experience. I mean, basketball is growing so much in the Northland, especially, and so to be a part of a run with the Bulldogs, and I'm really excited to go see the stadium, talking to some people who've already been there are saying that it's such a beautiful setup, and especially the growth of, you know, women's basketball. I went as a fan to the Final Four in Minneapolis, and that was an absolutely amazing spectacle, so fun to be a part of. So, yeah, just for the love of sports, it's a blast to be able to have the privilege to come down here and witness it in person. I'm glad you mentioned the women's final four last year, because with what South Carolina did with Paige Beckers, with all of that stuff now, with what Caitlin Clark is doing, what Brooke Olson is doing as a woman in sports, how much further is this bringing women's basketball to be just 
for me, referred to as basketball because on any level, regardless of the gender, it's very, very good. Yeah, it's very impressive to see the this level, you know, this caliber of teams coming together and playing against each other. You know, I think I saw a stat somewhere that um, Iowa's Elite Eight game was the most watched basketball game right. all season. That included all the NBA games that were on that channel as well. And so people are clearly getting up into this. And the fact that it's now branded as March Madness as well, I think that helps a lot because people love March Madness and a lot of people don't care who is playing as long as it's fun. And man, these are fun. You know, uh, Alicia, we've talked to CJ in the past and he's talked about how, you know, girls basketball in Northeastern Minnesota is exploding and how there's talent on every single team now. Now you're in Dallas and it's not just the UMD Final Four. It's like a celebration of women's basketball down there this weekend. Are you going to be able to get to see a lot uh, of the D1 tournament as well? Uh, and and I'm real interested to see when you watch these teams, if you can see players that you cover every week um, up here in high school, and, and do you see them fitting in this? Can you see some of that talent at the higher end? A.K.A. who's the next Gianna Neepkins? Or or do does it look like we have a number of kids right. that can play here? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I won't really get an opportunity to see much of the Division One games, unfortunately, just because of the way that the flights work out and everything. But it has been fun to watch so many of these talented women come out of the Northland at the prep level, especially, you know, the Gianna Neepkins. And like I mentioned, you know, Taya Hackenbacky, to see her having watched her play in high school and now getting to watch her play on this Division Two stage. It's going to be great to see how they perform at this level and just watching everyone get more interested and the more press that they get and the exposure that they get, I think is going to help with that growth and the inspiration in, you know, the Northland as well for everyone to see, Hey, we, we can do that. You know, we, we are a all sport area. Absolutely. Putting the Northland on the map. Alicia, I've got to ask you a little bit of a, I'll quote Bill Belichick here, a little bit of a do your job type question, because when I saw you at the border battle on Tuesday, that is kind of the end for me of what you know is a chaotic and hectic winter sports schedule. Those two games, and, and I get to kind of take a deep breath and relax for a while. I've joked with you about, well, you kind of get to too. Now, it got extended a little bit by this run by UMD. I, I'm sure you're okay with that. And yes, we supposedly have spring sports around the corner, but Mother Nature is not cooperating with that. This is supposed to be a little bit of downtime for you by now, but it's not. But I'm I'm sure given the reasons, you're perfectly fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. This is supposed to kind of be the winding down season, but you know what? I would take this over anything, any day. And just kind of going back a little bit to Dave's question, this is also a 50th anniversary celebration of Title IX. So they're going to be doing some special celebrations to honor women and women in sports. And that's especially huge for this time um, frame to to honor all these women and all of our local women as well. And I believe UMD's um, Karen Stromi is going to be part of some of that celebration organization as well so yeah i'll, I'll take this over sleep i suppose you can sleep later <laughs> that's <laughs> a great answer that's an outstanding answer now one of the questions i've given you i think every time you've done the show with us but i'm going to do it again because you've been such an inspiration to us we've known you you know pretty much since day one at saint scholastica when you were my producer for online football broadcast we've talked sports a number <laughs> of times you know you claudia chelsea there were so many good inspirations of women in sports in the media up here Again, for anybody listening who wants to be Alicia Tipke when they grow up, what advice do you give them? 
Oh my. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, not, not every part of you, at least the career yeah. part of you. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, meet cool people like you guys. No. Uh, um, <laughs> we can't say that I and then say, say no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pump up your egos too much. No, we won't fit through the door. Um, now, now we'll shut up and let you answer the question. Go ahead. Um, I would say, you know, passion is huge. You're not going to get very far in this business if you don't have any passion for it. Um, being on TV is honestly the smallest part of it or, you know, being in front of the camera. But, yes, you get to do all that. It is very fun. But it, it's the passion. It's the love for these teams. It's the caring about these players who you've never met before. Um, I'm not from the Northland, so the amount of love I have for all these teams is is kind of funny to me um that you know i've grown to i almost feel like part of the family sometimes and they absolutely love the coverage that you give it means so much to them so it's more about that so to get into it on a more technical level um of course i worked with you guys a bit in college so i did sports communication work all four years of college um majored in communication and then just kind of worked my way up, started in low-level production, um, part-time position at WDIO, then took a part-time sports position, then was sports and news, and then was the weekend sports person, and then <clears throat> here I am. Absolutely. So many steps on that career ladder, but you've done wonderful at all of them. We can hear the passion in every broadcast that you do. Thanks for taking time with us today. Have a blast. Go dogs. Let's get that title. Yes, go dogs. That was a great segment. We're going to talk to another Bulldog lover. Justin May is next. We'll buy or sell with him. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, sticking with the April Fool's theme. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Fooling yourself by sticks. Dave Cook was dancing a little bit to that one. We are dancing through this show, hoping the Umni Bulldog women's basketball team can end their big dance with the Division II title. 2.30, the tip-off for that one today. Time to buy or sell shortly here with Justin May. Justin is one of our illustrious sponsors. We do have several. Dave Cook is going to tell you more about each of them yes, he in is. just a moment, including one we just got a text message about, too. Outstanding. Well, let's start with Mount Royal Bottle Shop, uh, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. You know, Brian, back a second, Kohler Hyundai. You know, I think that the boy and I are going to be up at Kohler Hyundai in the last little bit. I told you about my trip to International Falls where the back door of my car just kind of blooped open, it might be time to go look at Kohler Hyundai. Absolutely. And speaking of Kohler, I just got a text message from a listener who said, I'm getting my oil changes at Kohler, and there's a little bit of a delay you know, to get that done. It takes time to do good work, and Kohler does just that. Yeah, they do. But said listener said, I'm in their lounge, and I'm going to fire up the show. So that's when you know people get an opportunity to listen anywhere and everywhere, and we appreciate that they do. And I said Kohler Hyundai. I think I should probably take it a step back now then and say, hey, everybody in the uh, everybody in the waiting room, uh, we're going to go check out Kohler in general, right? There you go. All right. Uh, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Arella Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, and their happy hour. Brian, if you want to touch on that. And our final, final sponsor is on the phone right now. Absolutely. That is Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. Get to him in just a moment. You wanted me to plug Blackwater's return yes, of happy I hour? Do. I can certainly do that because I'll be a willing participant, participant, to say the least. It'll be Wednesdays. They've brought back their midweek martinis, $2 off martinis, and half price on the two-for-one fondue, which is delicious. I had that to celebrate my birthday as part of last weekend. Justin May, we just talked to Alicia Tipke. She's in Dallas for the big women's basketball contest. Everybody's a big Bulldog supporter today, but I said... 
going into this segment, you might be one of the biggest all the time. Good morning. How fired up are you for the UMD women today? I'm super jacked, and what a great segment that was. Alicia was absolutely incredible. You guys better can that and uh, run some promos with that little interview. No doubt. She's been one of the best, and it's it's fun for us because it is literally the we knew her when because when I first got the job as St. Scholastica's football online play-by-play guy, I want to say the year was 2012, and Alicia was just becoming a student at St. Scholastica, just getting her feet wet in sports media in general, and she was basically in charge of making sure that I was on the air, going over the internet, and and we met and engaged in several sports conversations, and and literally she's one of the best, and obviously great material for us today. I think it's got to be a blast just to be down there, because Dallas, for women's basketball, Mecca, and she mentioned the Title IX celebration, that's where to be right now, the the other end of I-35. I would absolutely love being there for one reason. Um, Karen Stromey has been such a staple in our community and doesn't, there's nobody with more passion about women's sports than Karen. And I would just like to be there as her handler right now. Right. Um, taking, taking care of her because I know she's just beaming with pride about obviously UMD basketball being there, but title nine in general. And there's, there's no better proponent of that than Karen Stromey. No question about it. I was the radio voice for UMD women's basketball during her coaching career. In fact, the longest run UMD had made in the postseason was back in 2001 under her when they got to a region final and they were beaten in Grand Forks, North Dakota. So this team surpassed that and then some. You know, you look at this team and I hope they get it done now that they have a tall task with an undefeated team from Ashland, Ohio. But I just mentioned with the Caitlin Clark show last night, Iowa beat South Carolina and undefeated team went down. I'm all for history repeating itself a day later. I actually got a couple texts from my college buddies last night that said, this South Carolina team is bigger than our offensive line, and <laughs> yes. we won a national championship. And I'm like, yeah, and they're more athletic than we were too. Yeah, the crazy part was South Carolina had so much size that the rebounding numbers were as lopsided as they can be. But the turning point in the game that put it away for Iowa – was they got one huge offensive rebound when it was a one-possession game and salted it away. So sometimes it's not always how many, it's which ones, because Iowa didn't do a thing on the glass until they absolutely needed to. The clutch gene was just enough. Caitlin was enough. She was as magical as she's been all year, and what a great, great game. It was so fun to watch. Now, you're a hockey guy by nature. You're a volleyball family. You're a big baseball fan. The Masters is going to be next week. I think Justin May, I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss your behind a little bit here and show that you're showing off your versatility because look at you all into basketball at the right time. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't start throwing me under the bus. I have friends I have to stand up to. Of course, I can't wait for golf. I think we're gonna see it around June 15th this year. So that Masters pump that's gonna come next week is just gonna drive the fuel for maybe a plane ride somewhere. There you go. I did see uh, you mentioned June 15th. You're going to be able to golf. I did I did see on Twitter last night. I don't remember who tweeted it, but somebody said, and I think they were a Twin Cities resident because they got hit hard with snow last night. And somebody said, I can't wait to open my cabin on August 1st. It is going to be a long, wet spring, if we oh, yeah. can even count it as a spring. I've said that about Duluth before. The only way you find spring is on a mattress. But in the world of real estate, there is a home show this weekend. I know we talked about this last week. What does that do for you? Because people obviously look at different facets of maybe what's inside a home, but but does it drive the excitement towards buying and selling a little bit higher just because of what's going on this weekend? 
Oh, absolutely. I think um, we got to give more credit to the home show for just sparking our interest and in, in making everybody go, oh, we, we do have homes in this area and we have to start taking care of them. So, yeah, it's an exciting weekend. We're heading down there. We got a, Messina Associates has a beautiful booth. Um, some of our some of our realtors did a really nice job setting it all up, and we'll be down there all day today and all day tomorrow and um, start talking about housing, start talking about uh, what your future holds and, and what you need. Justin, what time are you going to be there? Dana and I will come down then. I think I'm I'm heading down there in about an hour. Henry and I are uh, moms in St. Cloud right now coaching volleyball. They're doing their spring season, so... Sure. I think Little Man and I are going to head down there around noon. We'll be there from noon to 5 today. All right. Fantastic. Okay. If you're going to go down, go down then. But I have a question for Justin. When you tell me, I can ask it. All right. Go ahead. Because I was going to say, real quick, other than the opportunity to meet celebrities like Justin May and Dave Cook, what will folks that visit the Messina booth be able to take away from it? Well, just questions and answers. And I think that's the greatest thing. And it's always the door opener with real estate. I mean, what are you thinking? What do you need? Um, we've talked about how, you know, your, our houses since the COVID has changed so much that people are really starting to look at home offices and, um, we kind of set up a little office down there to, to get you started thinking that way. And just again, questions and answers. All right. So it's April fool's day, Justin, and I have a question for you, um, based on getting fooled. So as somebody who is helping people buy and sell homes, What's the one thing that, that a seller or a buyer can puff up that can fool uh, the person you're working with? Oh, Brian, help me out here. What do you think I would say? I would think that you would work mechanicals in somewhere, but those are so important. I don't think anybody tried to fool anybody on that. I will tell you, as a home buyer a few years ago, I got fooled into the value of a three-season porch on my house because... We live in a city that only has really two seasons. So I think maybe I got fooled in that sense, but that's about the best advice I can give you. I know that, Brian. You walked me what, right down my road, and, and there isn't any way to fool mechanicals. You are 100% correct. Uh, you know how much how passionate I am about mechanicals. I would say the fool thing would be probably flooring because you ah. can hide so much in flooring, and you can do so many different things. If you see new flooring and you know it's new, investigate a little bit. That's a great answer. Yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. I, I do appreciate that quite a bit. Talking about helping people buy or sell, how about you do that for us right now? Time to play buy or sell with Justin May. If you're new to the game, you're not Justin May because it's old hat for him. But if you're new to listening to it, how it works is I give a statement about each of the four major sports. doesn't always have to be the four major leagues associated with it as I stumble all over myself. <laughs> But about each of the four major sports, if you buy, you agree, and you tell me why. If you disagree, you say sell, and you tell me why. Justin May's biggest responsibility, besides his opinion, is formulating the order in which we play today. I am going to go with a record-setting um, three weeks in a row with one week missed in the middle, NBA first. NBA first. That is more of what I'm used to with you. So buy or sell this. Rudy Gobert and Chris Finch voiced their displeasure with NBA officiating specifically towards the Timberwolves and said that the NBA has it in for them and will favor the big markets. Now, they both suffered sizable fines for that. But buy or sell that there is merit to what they had to say, the overall idea. Um, I 100% buy it, not because they said it, but just because of the way 
that sports work and the way that major markets work and sometimes the way the NFL almost seems like it might be somewhat fixed. Um, I don't know if I, if I agree with what they said, but I a hundred percent understand it. I'm kind of with Justin on that because I'll buy it, but barely because I'm not sure anybody has it in for Minnesota, but I think that the NBA is very partial to its stars. I think a lot of leagues are, but the NBA screams it maybe more than most, kind of like Justin was saying. And even though you can argue the Timberwolves have some star power in Towns, in Edwards, even in Gobert, they're not to the level of some of the others when they're in these matchups. You know, you're you're not going to get a call over LeBron and AD and company or Kevin Durant in Phoenix. You know, they're not to that level. So it might seem like Minnesota's on the short end just because their star power is not as high. You know, here's the thing, guys. Uh, Gobert is not the first guy to say it. If he was the first guy, it'd be like sour grapes. So we get on all of the players from Minnesota who complain about it. Well, now Gobert is complaining about it. You know, so we've got players who aren't born and raised in this whining culture that the Timberwolves have come up with over the last three, four years. And now he's either getting infected by it or there's something to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think the other piece of this is if you're going to complain about the officials and you know that there's a cost to it and you're still willing to complain about the officials, I mean, as long as I don't hear you complain about, oh, man, that cost me a lot of money, uh, I got to believe you're putting your money where your mouth is. Right. I'm just not sure how it helped them because the officials are aware of what was done. And last night they certainly didn't get any additional calls. Not why they lost the game, but I think if you get a reputation the wrong way, it can hurt you a little bit. Justin May, what's next? I absolutely love Dave's comment there. I like putting your money where your mouth is, and I 100% agree with that. If if you're passionate about it and you believe in it, go ahead. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Let's go NHL. All right. As much as I like Dave's comment, I'd also like to be in a situation where the fines they get are like finding a $20 bill in the cushions of your couch, but that's different too. All right, so the NHL, it's been the conundrum we've talked about for weeks. I'm just going to put it out there for you in a way that we can play by yourself. The Minnesota Wild have two good goalies. Neither are playing poorly, but neither is far and away the established number one. There is going to be a game one of a playoff series somewhere soon for the Minnesota Wild. Buy or sell that you would start Gustafson in game one of an NHL playoff series for the Wild in goal. Um, I'm going to just sit on the fence. Who cares? Play either one right now. They're both playing outstanding. What, what better situation could we be in? Yeah, the only reason I struggle with that is I look back a year ago because both were playing pretty well then, too. It was Talbot and Fleury, and there's always that chance, and it's very Minnesota to make the wrong decision, and it appeared they did last year. Now, is it going to be moment too big for Gustafson or not? I don't know. Why do you have Fleury on the team if you're not going to use him when it matters the most? But if you're into riding the hot hand, I'll buy. Gustafson gets game one. And then if you go, okay, that was a mistake, you go to the guy that's been there and done that for the rest. See, and I'm seeing it exactly the opposite way, that you go with the guy that's seen this, has won there, and is not going to overreact. But here's the thing. Evanson, if Fleury's not the guy in game one, go ahead and put Gustafson in for game two. And that's the, that's other thing. the issue from last that's year. That's the other thing of a year ago. He, he didn't. Set the hook early enough. He didn't have Rocco Baldelli in. Yeah, I was just going to say, we talk about the Twins. Well, at some point, you do have to pull a guy at five innings. Right. All right, Justin May, what's next? Oh, you guys brought up my buddy Rocco. Here we go. Game win- or uh, <clears throat> season opener. I was talking to my friends in Kansas City last night. What uh, our favorite time of the year, Brian. I love baseball. You know that. I'm with you 100%. The Twins are undefeated, as they say politically. Stop the count. Let's have the undefeated season. 
So we'll do Major League Baseball next. Now, we kind of pseudo complained about all the rule changes when they came about. Now we've seen them in action. So I'm going to ask again. Buy or sell, and I'm going to phrase it a different way. Buy or sell that these new rules in baseball are great for the game. I'm going to buy it, and not the rules in particular, just change. I think the hardest thing with baseball is there hasn't been change in 100 years. And so now all the traditionalists are like, you know, there is change, and they hate it. Well, if it's for the better of the game, then it needed to happen. So I, I guess it's a weak statement, but I'm buying it. All right, Dave Cook was nodding the entire time, so I think he agrees with you. I buy as well. Now, there are certain things I wish they could have done differently. Did they have to get rid of the shift? Probably not. Ask players to adjust. Ask hitting approaches to adjust. But having watched the opener and having seen the tempo pickup of the game, which even as somebody who loves it, I think, boy, this is slow. The only advantage is I can flip over to a Wolves or Wild game, come back to the Twins, and only have missed three pitches back then, where now it's a little bit different. But I'll buy it. Having watched the opener with it, it was it was fun to see and picked up the pace, and I think it'll help. All right, so that leaves the NFL last, and I'm going a little bit off the map here. But Derek Carr signed a huge contract with the New Orleans Saints. Buy or sell that with Derek Carr, the Saints are already the favorite in that NFC South division. (laughs) Who else is in the NFC South? That's just it. I mean, I know you're probably asking me specifically, but that's a great rhetorical question because it's a table. No, I'm not asking you specifically. I'm just saying that division has been so bad for so long, it almost feels like they have uh, the Detroit Hex. Now, I'll agree with part of that. I'm not going to say so bad for so long because two years ago, Tampa won the Super Bowl out of it, but it was because Tom Brady was there. Tom Brady is not. Carolina has no clue who their quarterback is going to be. Atlanta just declared their backup from last season is QB1 right now. Derek Carr, no matter how mediocre you think he is, is the most established guy under center in that what looks like a weak division. So you just asked two separate questions. He I is did. the most stab- established. Right. That'll make him the favorite. Who does? Carolina's the favorite. Oh, God. 100% they're the favorite. You know Baker's gone, right? I, do I know, know you were on this soapbox last Careful year. Careful when you get the number one pick overall Ugh. and you've loaded your team up with Ugh. guys who can help him win um, and a lousy division. I mean, what does Carr have besides maybe uh, the ghost of Alvin Kamara behind him? He's got nobody really to play with. Um The quarterback who comes in for Carolina is going to have a lot of skill position. I think it's Carolina. All right. That doesn't shock me because months before kickoff, Dave's always big on Carolina. He should should be in Charlotte during the (laughs) offseason. Justin May, there is no offseason in real estate. To take questions and answers besides the home show today, how can people reach you? 218-310-9559, mzr.com, 24-7. Give us a call. Let's start a conversation.